0: Let's pray and ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Give you permission, Lord, to do whatever it is you desire to do. Pray that you would make our minds and our hearts and our souls the fertile soil of the gospel, that your word may bear rich fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures and these mysteries for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, but rather division. It's one of those passages from the scriptures, from the gospel, that there's a, a temptation for us to think like, who snuck that in there, right? That doesn't sound like Jesus. I mean, if Jesus calls himself the Prince of Peace. He speaks of love and of mercy and forgiveness. And Saint Paul speaking about well, there's there's no longer Jew or Greek or slave or free that all are one in Christ. Christ's great high priestly prayer at the Last Supper in John 17, this longing of his heart, this prayer of his heart, that we might be one as he and the Father are one. To share in that eternal communion. And so when we read this passage, it's like, okay. St. Luke, did you have wax in your ears? Like, what's going on, man? Where did this come from? But we we need to understand this rightly. What is the Lord trying to speak here? All the things that he said, about bringing about peace, all the things he said about love of neighbor, of not judging, right? Of, of having mercy and forgiveness and desiring unity. All of these are, are in communion even with this. So, then how do we understand that? What is Jesus saying here? And just where the rubber meets the road, this is what he's saying that ultimately our commitment is to Christ. Ultimately, our hearts are to be given over to the Lord first and foremost above anything else. And so he's, he's stressing here the nature of that, what it means to believe in him, what it means to be a disciple of Christ is that he is Lord and he is the one relationship, the primary relationship that we have above any and all others, even family, which is hard which is hard, especially when this brings about tension. And there are things when Jesus says that hit the heart and hit the mind and hit the soul very easy and very smoothly, like, all right, take that one all day long. And there's some things that Jesus said that that pierce our hearts or that challenge us that are difficult, and these are one of those things. And again, this is difficult. Why is it difficult? One, because we live in a fallen world. When we live in a fallen world, we're all affected by sin. Our hearts, our minds, all of these things, we're affected by this reality. We don't understand things clearly. We don't see things clearly. Our desires are twisted. And and also the fact is that there's a lot of generally really good people and people that we love, and even if we're honest, including ourselves, that espouse things and, and live things that are not in communion with the gospel. That many times are, are directly contrary to the gospel. It's like, okay, well, my mom, my dad, my friend, whoever it is, like, they're really amazing and they're really beautiful and they're really all these things. But there's this aspect of their life that is there's a tension within me because that's not in communion with the Lord. So it's hard for me, right? There's this wrestling of the heart. And what, what are these things? I mean, we can name them. We got all the hot, bus, hot button issues. Issues of sexuality and marriage, issues of care of the poor, or refugees, issues of abortion, of the death penalty. I mean, we just 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 name them all, just all there. That it's all of us in some form or some fashion or some way or some period in our life like struggle to receive the fullness of the gospel. To receive the fullness of the gospel. And that there are people in our lives as well, too, that we love very much that may be in direct opposition to the gospel on some of these things. And so it's hard. Or maybe it's just the fact that, like, we want to be Christian at all, or we want to be Catholic at all, and that there are members of our family that don't want anything to do with that. And it can bring a piercing, a division. Now, for us to understand this, I know what happens when this happens in my life, and even still today, my first reaction a lot of times is like, Lord, man, what's wrong with you? You know, like, I'm trying to do what you want me to do. I'm trying to, to love and honor and, and follow you as a disciple in the gospel. And, like, like there's going to be division in my family. There's going to be division with my friends. There's going to be things that are hard for people to hear. Like, come on, Lord. Is this what, and, and you, you think of the prophet in today's first reading, right? He's just speaking the word of the Lord. And they're like, throw him in the cistern get him out of here. And this division that's called. And even Jesus speaking today about this division between son and father and mother and daughter. Now, some of that could be, right, that's, that's hard and that's shocking. I imagine maybe one of them wasn't, that one about mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. <laughs> the disciples were probably like, yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah we know that, Lord. Like, we got that. But this, this, this piercing of this reality that's present there. And now this tension within our hearts, what we need to understand is that Jesus experienced that himself. In his human mind, and his human heart, as Jesus was proclaiming the truth, and he could only proclaim the truth because he is the truth. As he was speaking the truth, and that certain people decided to walk away from him because of the truth, his own heart was pierced his own heart felt that pain because he wanted nothing more but to draw them in. I can just imagine almost the most pain was in in the sixth chapter of John's gospel when Jesus is talking about the Eucharist. Like, hey, if you're going to have life within you, you need to eat my body and drink my blood. And it says some people left and no longer followed him. As he's telling them about the gift that he is going to give the perduring gift of his very life. This pierces some people's hearts to a point that they say, nope, you're crazy, I'm leaving. Can you imagine the ache in the heart of Jesus? Can you imagine? it? And so when we're seeking to live the gospel and one of these hot button issues comes up or, or, or difficulty, whatever it is, and there's a tension that's within our family, there's a tension within our friends and your heart hurts and it's pierced. United to the pierced heart of Jesus because he felt it too. Because he felt that reality that is there in this division And, and the Lord wants to draw us in. So how do we do this well? We need to do it as we're trying to live the Christian faith and speak the truth. The truth is always, should always be spoken with love and compassion and mercy, even as it is spoken boldly, with great humility, with understanding where the person is and how I can speak it most fruitfully, with loving them first, honoring them first, before I'm like, let me tell you the truth. It is never to be done with pride. It is never to be done with bitterness or unrighteous anger. And it is always to be done with lots of prayer. Lord, you are the one that needs to move here. Lord, you are the one that needs to speak. And if these tensions come up, someone told me uh, to do this before. And to be honest, when they first told me this, and, and, and admittedly I was in seminary, I thought, eh, I don't know about that. But they were like, look, tell your guardian angel to go speak to their guardian angel to begin the conversation and to start to smooth things out. Or if there's a, there's a difficulty there to kind of till some soil for reconciliation to happen. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It'd be a little much for me. And the Lord just kept piercing my heart. He's like, try it. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. So there's a particular place that, that, that I, was, I was working at the time, And uh, while I was in seminary, and there was a a tension within a relationship with someone else in the office. And so I just started praying, like, hey, guardian angel, go talk to their guardian angel. Like, let's see, I'm giving this a test drive, right? It's a little bit like prove yourself. You know, I know we really shouldn't do that, but that's kind of what was going on there. The next day, the person, like, gives me a gift, walks up to my desk and like, hey, you want this? I'm like, like me? You giving that to me? Yeah. Any particular reason? Oh, I just thought about you and thought about it and I wanted to give it to you. I'm like, well, OK. <laughs> when I thought about you, I didn't think about that. You know? <laughs> but I appreciate it. And then the next day, something else, you know? And then I was like, OK, sweet. So. then it's a a simple reality that we can do, and it doesn't always see this immediate fruit, but the spiritual realm is powerful, and we need to be praying for that reality. Also, to live this well requires three things of us personally. One, uh, an active, growing, and authentic relationship with the Lord. Like, I need to be placing myself in his presence daily, that his heart may be coming into contact with my heart, that one, I will know his love, right? Because if it's just an idea, if the faith is just an idea, and it just seems like a set of rules, then, then my heart is not drawn in and convicted. And so when the tension comes, it's easy for me to be like, mm, I'm gonna just sit this one out. I'm gonna sit this difficult conversation out. But my heart knows the love of Christ, and I've been convicted that how much he loves me. You know, Mother Teresa says this, until you know, right, until you're convinced of God's love for you and our love for him, then we'll not know who he wants us to be. And she says, this is the rock upon which sanctity is built. Like to live this well is the conviction of the Lord loving me, and then in that, that I love him. And she says, this knowledge, this knowledge of God's love for us, this perfect love for us, will make us stronger than death. Stronger than death. Stronger than even like, oh my gosh, this difficulty in this relationship within my family is ripping me apart. But no, Lord, I can sit here. I can rest in your heart and I can even love well because I know that you love me. Because I am convinced of that. And it needs to be rooted in the sacramental life of the church, the reception of the Eucharist and confession. Because if we're not going to confession, then bitterness and judgment and anger will build up. And if we need to love well and to speak the truth well, we need to be able to give that over to the Lord before it grows. The second thing is I need to grow in an understanding of the faith. Like if I don't know the faith well, then I, then I don't understand why. Like I might know what the church teaches, but not why she teaches it. So then it's hard for me to believe, right? It's hard for me to stand firm in the face of difficulty in proclaiming the truth. So studying the faith, why do, why do we believe what we do? And there's a great resource that we have as a parish called form.org. You just go on our website, you click on the form.org, you can set up your own little um, account, and then there's tons of videos and MP3s and free books that you can read and listen to and watch to understand why we believe what we believe and have a greater conviction. And the third thing is deep Christian community. That we can't do this alone. That as we're wrestling with the challenges and the culture is pressing in against and telling us, oh, you're just a bigot and you're just this and you're just that, that we need other people around us to support us, to honor us, to love us, to encourage us, to hold us accountable, to lift us up. With St. Paul speaking about this cloud of witnesses, both the saints and angels in heaven, but our brothers and sisters here, the mystical body of Christ, to be united and supported in that way. And so today... This gospel that we hear from Jesus seems like, ah, I don't know if that makes sense. It's coming out of the Lord's mouth. But because we live in a fallen world, we are all tempted to choose things that are not in accord with the gospel. And as we're following the Lord, we have to be first and fi- primarily connected to him and faithful to him. And so it is not that Jesus wants division. He does not want division, but he wants our fidelity to him. And if that brings about some division, he asks us to be faithful and to pray for unity with him. And John said to pray for unity, but not in a way that we fall away from being faithful to the Lord. And we need to do this with humility. We need to do this with great love. And that's why our prayer, the sacraments, the community, and our understanding of the faith will allow to do this in this way. Brothers and sisters, be not afraid. It is the Lord and the Holy Spirit who leads us along this path. Let us remain faithful to him even in the midst of difficulty, bringing our pierced hearts to Jesus when it hurts, and also continuing to pray for unity unity of all of us with Him in heaven, and unity here as brothers and sisters in Christ.